Grace and mercy and peace be with all of you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. This summer at our church, we've been working our way through uh, the book of Genesis right from the very beginning. And today we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 11. In human history, up until this point in Genesis 11, all people on earth only had one language and they had common speech. That's how it was up until Genesis 11. Just imagine that. One language, a common way to speak. However, as we have already seen happen in the story of God's people, what has uh, begun to happen now in Genesis 11 has already happened before, where humans rebel against the will of God. And here in Genesis 11, their rebellion is one where they come together and it is selfish and it is egotistical, and they have a project that they are working on together. They're trying to build a staircase to God and make a name for themselves. They want to make a staircase to God and make a name for themselves. Genesis chapter 11 begins with these words. It said, all the earth, all the earth, in the 11 verses that it took to tell this story of the Tower of Babel, those, that phrase, all the earth, it's repeated five times in just 11 verses. And the repetition is intentional to demonstrate that the problem of human rebellion, the problem of this sin, affects all the earth, and therefore the punishment for this rebellion also will affect all the earth. The problem and the punishment of sin affect all the earth. Just as it was with the flood account, as we looked at last week, not a single person on the earth was exempt from the problem of sin or the punishment that goes with it. But what really is the problem here in Genesis 11? So they're building a big tower, right? What's the, what's the big deal? What is their rebellion that, that is such a big problem? The main point in this story is not really that they were worshiping false gods. However, we could uh, allude that or infer that that is happening here. The truth, though, of their problem is that they are trying to reach God with the wrong motives and in the wrong sort of way. They are trying to go and find God in the heavens. And what they are not doing by doing that, they are not doing what God had commanded them. Last week in the flood story, after Noah and his family got off the boat, do you remember what God told them? It was the same thing God had told Adam and Eve before. God told Noah and his sons, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So this is what, what the lineage of Noah and his family are supposed to be doing. But instead of making God's name known through their lineage, what they are desiring to do is make their own name known. They're seeking their own power instead of spreading the power and love of God. So as this story is going, what they're trying to do is make a way to reach up to God. Will you put that next slide up, please? As they are building this tower, it says they're building a tower up into the heavens to go and meet God. What does the scripture say happens, though? As they're building their tower up, it says that God actually came down. 
All right? So they're trying to build their way up, and the Bible says that God came down, which is an intentional way of writing, almost in a humorous sort of way to say, oh, you foolish people. You think that you can build a way up to God? Well, look how small and insignificant your attempts are. You're not even close to reaching me. God comes down to them. And so here is the image. When God comes down to them, all the people have one language. They are attempting to build this tower. They're putting their, all their efforts together, and they are dishonoring God. They're dishonoring God because they're not obeying what he had told them to do. And so what God finds is a dishonoring people. And so what he does is he confuses their language. Basically, God creates a whole bunch of languages at this point. And this is why the tower was called Babel. It's a Hebrew word, Babel. All right? And the, the Hebrew word Babel in Hebrew literally means confusion. All right? So the word Babel means Confusion. So God came down, and instead of having them be of one mind and one voice, he confused their words. Our English word, babble, comes right from this Hebrew word, right? So if somebody's babbling, 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 their word is just confused, right? And so after confusing their language, God scattered the people and the nations and the languages spread all throughout the earth, right? Right from this event. How many of you have ever tried to converse with somebody else that speaks a different language? Just a show of hands. Not, and I don't mean like maybe you speak a little bit, like totally tried to converse with somebody that didn't speak another language. A, a number of you. I've had a variety of these opportunities in life. Uh, some are short-lived, like, you know, how do you find the bathroom? Or you say please and thank you in a, in a different uh, country. But there was, there was one event in my life that was a longer-lasting one. I was in the country of Kazakhstan uh, for two weeks, and I spent time with this man, Valeri. Uh, he was a leader in the church uh, there in, in Almaty, where we were. Uh, and, and they speak Russian there. I learned a couple of, you know, Russian phrases before going there, like please and thank you and hello and goodbye and nice to meet you, that sort of thing. Uh, Valeria, though, he didn't speak uh, any English besides, you know, please and thank you and hello and goodbye, that sort of thing. But he, he was so interested in learning from us and I was so fascinated by him that we tried so hard to converse. And we stayed up late every single night, and the only thing that we had to help us converse was a small little pocket dictionary of Russian and English. And, you know, if it, if it were uh, now, we probably, I probably could speak into my iPhone and pass it to him, and it would translate everything I wanted to say, right? Or I could, I could use one of those uh, language learning apps. Uh, actually, did you know one of the most prolific ones in our country is actually called Babbel? Right? There's a language learning software called Babel. There you go. See, now you know why they got their name. So Valeria and I had this little pocket English-Russian dictionary, and just one word at a time, we would pass it back and forth, late into the night, drink, drinking uh, Russian tea with lots of sugar, right? Just passing it back and forth and back and forth. It was a rewarding experience. It was a challenging experience. It was a frustrating experience. Uh, but languages like that as God's people try to come together. This Tower of Babel 
event. It led to the scattering of the nations and the confusion of language all throughout the world. But did you see the New Testament lessons for today? Both from Acts chapter 2 and from Matthew chapter 28. The Pentecost event and the Great Commission of Jesus. Why did Jesus Christ came into, come into the world? To save who? All people. Jesus Christ came into the world to save the world from their sins, right? The Tower of Babel, it demonstrated, as I said, that all the earth was affected by this problem of sin, right? Every single person is affected by the problem of sin. But did that mean that God was going to abandon the nations and just leave them scattered? By no means. Actually, when we come together next week and the week after that, when we start to study about Abram and what God is doing through Abram, God makes a promise to Abram that he will become the father of many nations and that all nations would be blessed through him and his family. The culmination of that comes when Jesus comes to the earth, a descendant of Abraham. And Jesus came, and Jesus spoke to his disciples, and he said his last words to them, Go and make disciples of who? All nations! Go and make disciples of all nations. And not long after that, after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples were gathered together for the celebration of Pentecost. And many people from tribes and tongues and languages, it says devout people from all the known nations were together. Twelve language groups are, are listed in Acts chapter 2. And God enabled his people by the power of the Spirit to proclaim the name of Jesus in languages that they didn't speak. Not using an app, not using a dictionary, just proclaiming the name of Jesus. Jesus is interested in the salvation of all people. The Pentecost event is essentially Babel in reverse. Right? The Tower of Babel, they began with one language, and then they were dispersed, and their language was confused. At the Pentecost event, God gathers all these people together. He gives them one voice, the one language, the common unifying language of Jesus Christ. And then all those people are empowered by the Spirit to go back to their homelands with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. What a cool story. When humans come together, humans have incredible capacity. Human people have incredible capacity to do amazing things. They have the incredible capacity to either make a name for themselves, like in the Tower of Babel, or as we see often in this world, in this social media crazed world, people desire to make a name for themselves. But people also have a great capacity to come together in the name of Jesus Christ and not make a name for themselves, but make the name of Jesus Christ known in all the world. When you come together with other people, what is your desire? To make a name for yourself or to make the name of Jesus known? I pray it's the latter. Yesterday marked the 50th anniversary of one of the greatest achievements of mankind. Man landed on the moon 50 years ago. Talk about the Tower of Babel. We put somebody actually up in the heavens, right? The highest somebody has ever walked. Quite a remarkable event. 
You know what Neil Armstrong said about that event? I mean, he said lots of things. One thing that I want to share today, Neil Armstrong said this. It's a great thing for man to walk on the moon, but it's a greater thing for God to walk on the earth. It's one thing to try to make a name for yourself, to build a tower to heaven. It's another thing for that God of the heavens to come and to be with every single one of you. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but Buzz Aldrin was an elder in his church, and he actually had permission to bring the Lord's Supper with him. And Buzz Aldrin actually took communion in the lunar module on the surface of the moon. Isn't that pretty cool? He wanted to broadcast to the world, but they wouldn't let him. It's not bad to accomplish great things as human people. So long as when we accomplish great things, our desire is not to make a name for ourselves, but to make the name of Jesus Christ known. Last week, as I mentioned, I was not with you. Uh, Marcus, our youth director, and I, we, we had 20 of our high schoolers uh, and two other adult chaperones in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the National Youth Gathering. We were together with 25,000 of our closest friends, high schoolers, uh, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Uh, we were together in Minneapolis for five days, and this event happens every three years. At that National Youth Gathering, there were about 15 countries represented, along with all of the states as well. And on the opening night of worship, uh, as we were gathered together in U.S. Bank Stadium, go Vikings, uh, we were, sorry, uh, we were, I got, I got distracted, I, sorry, we were there and uh, on the floor of the stadium, they, they paraded in this huge cross, and then the flags from all these countries gathered together around the cross in the middle of the stadium as all 25,000 of us sang, and all God's children sing, glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns. Take a look at this video. These 20 youth of ours were gathered together from this rural neck of the woods called the Copper Country in a major city with people from all over the world gathered, united at the cross of Jesus Christ, speaking the common language of the forgiveness of sins purchased and won for the whole world in the name of Jesus Christ. Human sin and rebellion affects every single one of us, me included. And I'm not sure what's on your mind today as you gather in this place. Maybe for some of you, as, as you hear me preach or, or as you spend time in the presence of God, maybe for some of you, maybe in your life right now, maybe you've been attempting to make a name for yourself. Maybe God is speaking to you today saying, wow, you know, humble yourself in my sight. Make my name known and not your own. Maybe God's speaking that to you. For some of you, you're going through difficult times in life, and maybe you're feeling at the bottom of life right now, and then you, you think of being part of a, of a worldwide <laughs> movement of Christian people, and you see throngs of people, and you go, who am I in all that? Am I, just, am I just insignificant, a small piece of this? No matter who you are, if you're trying to build a name for yourself, if you're not sure how important you are, I want you to hear this. You are here today. And when God's people come together, there is incredible capacity 
in this room, in this church, to make the name of Jesus Christ known. And when God's people gather together to worship him, God promises to be here and to deliver his goods to you. He is here today to speak life into you, to speak forgiveness and joy into you. He's here to meet you in a simple way of bread and wine in his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. You are beloved children of God. No matter who you are, what you've done, what you've left undone, Jesus is here to meet you today. You don't need to climb a ladder to find him. You don't need to make a name for yourself. Jesus has already found you. Jesus has already forgiven you. Jesus is always with you. Go boldly and make his name known. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.